This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you on this uh, Thursday afternoon, 403-974-8255. We'll have some time for your calls and your texts later in this hour. Got some other news I want to get to as well and uh, much more still to come. Uh, as mentioned, though, let's begin uh, at the top of this hour with a conversation about the state of rehab in Canada. Obviously, at the moment, we're going through a bit of a crisis uh, with, with opioid addiction and obviously now with, with fentanyl and the threat that that's posing. Uh, it's a serious situation. Right? There have been calls here in Alberta for the government to treat it like an emergency, to, to declare a state of emergency and to take steps to, to try to minimize the damage. Now, there's been, I, I think, some steps in that direction acknowledging the extent of the problem, even now talking about things like safe injection sites uh, to, to try to bring in some kind of harm reduction to stop people from dying. Often seems when the issue of harm reduction comes up, people say, look, you know, let's, let's focus on getting people into rehab. Let's focus on treating these addictions rather than try to sustain these addictions. People need to get off of these drugs. We need to get them into rehab. Rehab has obviously got to be an important component, clearly. Um, Not everybody's going to be ready for rehab. Not everybody's going to find success in rehab. But here's part of the problem, even when it comes to rehab, is that in many parts of the country, there are long waits to getting into rehab. So, I mean, it's clearly no panacea. But when it comes to uh, the public health care system, there are some long waits for rehab. And to go into private facility can be very, very expensive. Uh, there's a new piece uh, up at uh, vice.com on how Canada's rehab centers are failing drug users. And really, at, at the worst possible time. Joining us on the line as uh, the author of this piece, uh, Rachel Browns, a staff reporter with Vice News, and joins us on the line here this afternoon. Good afternoon, Rachel. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right. So rehab, I guess, is, is more or less, it's, it's part of the healthcare system, right? So provinces have jurisdiction over what's available and, and how the systems work. Yeah, that's right. So um, there is Health Canada, but Health Canada isn't specifically responsible, doesn't have jurisdiction to roll out um, specific healthcare measures. Um, and when it comes to uh, government-funded rehab. It funds about 43 facilities across the country um, for for First Nations people specifically. So it has nothing to do with uh, the rest of the system, the rest of the provincially funded uh, rehab centers uh, that are across the country. Okay. And and so there are private rehab centers that exist, and and those cost a, a lot of money in some cases. Yeah. I talk to a lot of people who have spent sometimes $40,000 a month on these private rehab treatment centers. And I've written about this issue that there's no oversight at all um, of these private rehab centers. So people are able to charge whatever uh, people are willing to pay. So there's no cap on how pricey private rehab can be. And a lot of families who are so desperate and are stuck waiting for government facilities are essentially forced into the private rehab system. And again, there's no oversight. There's very few checks and balances, uh, generally speaking, when it comes to these these private places. So yeah, a lot of people are put in a tough situation. Yeah, you, you 
mention one one story from from BC over the summer that uh, you know certainly stood out to me at the time just how heartbreaking it was uh, a 16 year old girl who's uh, obviously dealing with an addiction and a mom who's trying to do everything she can to to save her daughter uh, to try mm-hmm. to get her into rehab and unfortunately was unable to do so the girl died as a result of a fentanyl overdose but um, she couldn't afford the tens of thousands to, to get her into private rehab she was constantly on, on a daily basis calling some of these local treatment centers to see if yeah. she could get her daughter in and, and just couldn't they were full yeah and when you're talking about uh rehab treatment centers government rehab uh centers for youth it's an entirely uh different story it's a lot worse there's far fewer treatment facilities especially when it comes to opioid addiction there's very few treatment centers that take youth so so kids under the age of 18 uh and so when you have young people who are struggling with addiction and who who do want to uh, get some treatment and who do want to stop using, it's even harder for them to find a treatment uh, center and one that's funded by the public health care system. Now, the wait times seem to vary considerably uh, across the country, as you note in your piece. Uh, and But in, in you know the case we mentioned in Port Coquitlam, it wasn't as though this mom was said, OK, we'll have a spot for your daughter in three months from now. Right. It was just it was on a daily basis. We're full. Check in tomorrow. We'll, we're full. Check in tomorrow. Exactly. And uh, again, there's there's very little oversight of these places and sort of how long wait times can get. And it takes a long time for governments to respond to any sort of crisis. So um, in this case, there was no official wait list for um, for this center. And uh, this person just had to keep calling every single day and was not able to get any sort of official response, was not able to get any sort of assurances that her daughter would ever even make it into the facility. And that's the same story heard I've heard from young people and their families across the country. It's, you know, it's really tragic sometimes. So what, what are we seeing? What, what does the landscape look like as we look province to province and, and even the territories as well? What, what are we seeing in terms of wait times? So the what we found based on, uh, we asked every provincial and territorial health ministry across the country to provide us with data that they have on wait times and even getting that data was a challenge because every the way every province uh, and territory tracks wait times at their government funded facilities looks different so uh, manitoba has the worst wait times or reports the worst wait times in the country and it's the wait times have been going up by days uh, over the past five years so it's gone from in the 50s an average of 50-ish days uh, wait time in 2012 to more than 60 days average wait time uh, this year so that sort of is at the worst end of things but again depending on where people are in the province I spoke to someone in Manitoba who's been waiting for 10 months to get into a government funded treatment facility so it really just depends on where you are uh, yeah. and sort of the, the needs that you have as a as a patient and uh, BC and Alberta have report pretty good wait times so a couple of weeks um, but again for someone who's um, been ordered by the court to go immediately into government-funded rehab or someone who's just overdosed and needs sort of intense therapy, um, even days can be the difference between life and death. Oh, no kidding. Now, does it tend to be the case that these rehab facilities are located in major centers and does it pose challenges for people who are in smaller communities or more remote areas? It definitely poses a challenge when people are located outside of the major urban centers. Uh, here where I am 
In the Toronto area, for instance, there isn't even a government-funded youth treatment facilities. So people even in the big city here who are under the age of 18 can't even find uh, treatment close to home. And for a lot of these people, the wait times increase sort of the further out you get from the major urban centers. And, And so when people do have to travel for rehab, it cuts them off from their families and it cuts them off from their support system. So it sort of hinders their chances for a full recovery if they're cut off from their support system and they have to travel outside uh, of their home area. And that's the case for anyone with opioid addiction in uh, in the territories, in the Northwest Territories, I believe they, they have to send people out of province to Alberta and BC because they have no uh, dedicated treatment facilities in the territory. Right. So in terms of how to address this, I mean, having having more beds, more facilities would, would probably help. That's, uh, it would. That's going to be costly. That's that's going to take some time. But is it is it, is it as simple as that, though? Uh, I think that's a major solution that a lot of governments, when they're when they're introducing strategies and coming in and talking about the action that they're going to take on the opioid crisis, no one's really talking about uh, wait times. No one's really making a big effort, a big you know, uh, quick effort to uh, implement beds. But I think one thing that that could be done, and a lot of people have said in the short term, is that the government uh, could pay for beds that are available in these private treatment centers. Uh, A lot of provinces at the moment will fund a certain percentage of that. If beds are available, they'll fund a small percentage of that for people who can get into private rehab but i think that needs to be more of a regular thing when you have people who are needing to get into these residential facilities there are beds open at these private places that the government uh, could explore funding and could explore utilizing um right there's a siren outside um and another thing that a lot of people are talking about is is uh, finding out ways to get patients quicker access to psychiatrists and other outpatient options that sort of might work in the interim if, if they do still want to use residential treatment, just sort of uh, making, you know, first primary care services easier to get and reduce the wait times at that level as well. Right. And I suppose, look, if, if it were about let's go and let's try to save lives uh, and worry yeah. about everything else later. I mean, you know, the idea of allowing people to to go to rehab wherever it happens to be, if it's private rehab in, in Canada or even in the United States, do mm-hmm. that and the, the government would cover that. That would be very costly, but are, are people proposing that? Uh, yes, people are proposing this. I spoke to one addiction specialist in Ottawa who said that a lot of these private treatment centers in the States represent the gold standard of treatment, and that's because they see patients over a long period of time, right from detox through to um, after they've stopped using and have gone through intense counseling. And that's just something that doesn't exist in Canada. There's a lot of ad hoc piecemeal approaches, a little bit of counseling here if you can get in detox, but there's really no sort of streamlined approach. And here in Ontario, we have an out of country uh, mechanism through our provincial uh, healthcare funding system. And over the years, it's been Uh, funding fewer and fewer patients who want to go abroad to get their treatment for whatever reason, from wait times to there being no services that will treat their particular case here in the province. Um, So uh, Ontario used to fund more out-of-country treatment facilities and uh, patients who wanted to go that route. Um, But this doctor I spoke to said that until the government 
decreases wait times, Im- imposes more beds that um, they should be funding people who want to go abroad or people who want to go out of province to places that are available. And let me ask you this. I mean, are, are there different approaches that, that rehab centers across the country take? Because there, there are different approaches to treating addiction, and some might be more effective than others, depending on the approach, depending on, on the patient, et cetera. So th- does there seem to be a, a one single unified approach that, that's taken, or does it vary across the country? It varies greatly across the country. There, there definitely isn't uh, sort of one approach to addictions treatment, and specifically with opioid addictions treatment. It looks different uh, within each province and territory if it's applicable there, uh, and it certainly looks different across the country. There are, it, there's sort of a, addiction is stigmatized, so you know there's not a lot of consensus and a lot of evidence work being done uh, by a lot of healthcare facilities, hospitals. That sort of thing. A lot of hospitals don't even have a special uh, doctor on on site who can deal with addictions, or a special wing that will take people with addictions. Um, and so it, it looks very different. And there's a lot of treatment facilities who will take people who are on certain medications like methadone and suboxone that are prescriptions that will curb cravings for the powerful opioids. But that sort of medication has been stigmatized. So there's a lot of treatment facilities who won't take patients on those medications. And so then those patients have to look elsewhere and have to be, have to wait on longer lists for the facilities that do take them. So uh, the Canadian Medical Association has long called for uh, healthcare providers across the country to streamline their approach and sort of get things in order. Um, but it sort of remains to be seen how that, how or when that's going to happen. All right. Well, some major challenges, obviously. Uh, people can yeah. read more about it at vice.com. Rachel, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate this. Thanks for having me. All right. That's uh, Rachel Brown, staff reporter with Vice News, uh, vice.com. You can read uh, her work uh, on what they found looking at wait lists across the country and, you know, the, the often fatal consequences it can have when you're unable to get somebody into rehab. Uh, so there, there is no easy solution. There's no quick fix here. Uh, but it's uh, obviously, I think, what we're going through right now with the, the fentanyl crisis, uh, an opioid uh, addiction, that uh, there, there's some urgency to addressing this problem. 403-974-8255. We'll take a quick break here when we come back. Uh, some texts coming in on this. I want to read some of those, and we'll have uh, some other issues to get to as well here. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.